You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 11. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach Kristen Morrison. Hey there, pet business owners. I hope you're doing really well. I'm doing great. Got a lot going on. Woo! It's a busy time. I uh, have been working on a big project. I'm going to be talking more about that soon. But for now, I'm going to keep you guys in suspense. (laughs) And tomorrow night, I'm doing the Facebook, How to Market Your Pet Business on Facebook webinar with a social media consultant, Philip Galactic. He is fantastic. And so by the time this airs, it will be already over. So sorry if you're just catching this, but I will have that in the products page. So if you need some help with Facebook marketing, you're going to find it there. And I'm also really excited because the Catapult program is starting next month. And we've got pet business owners from all over the country who are signed up. And I'm just so excited. It's such a fun group of people. And if you're curious about that, and if you want to join other pet business owners who are really committed to creating success and who will support you in your journey, and I will support you in your journey, you can find out more about Catapult in the show notes at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 11 and that's the number 11 and it does start next week i'm so excited and i would love to have you join us if you're feeling like that's something you're interested in so this week's podcast segment is an open forum coaching session that i did with pet business owners who called in with their questions it was really fun and thanks to everyone who joined me a few weeks ago. Unfortunately, the sound quality in some parts of the segment isn't very good, and I'm really sorry about that. I like to provide the highest quality sound that I can. But if you can hang in there, I think you're going to get used to the sound, and hopefully you're going to learn a lot from the great questions I received from pet sitters, dog walkers, dog trainers, who called in to get some help with their challenges. And again, thank you to those of you who are really brave and willing to dive in and ask your questions. I know it helped a lot of pet business owners out there who were on the live call and we had hundreds of pet business owners on the call. It was just so fun. So thanks everybody for showing up for that. So I hope you enjoy it. And I will share the show notes on the other side of this segment at the end. So if you didn't write it down, don't worry. Let's dive into this coaching session and I will see you on the other side of it. All right, everybody. Oh my goodness. I'm so, so happy to have you all here. I am Kristen Morrison. I'm the founder of Six Figure Pet Business Academy and Six Figure Pet Sitting Academy 
And I know some of you really well. I've coached you and you've attended my webinars and the Catapult and Jumpstart programs. And others of you I don't know and perhaps you don't know me either, but you happen to have found the information for this call in the webinar. And so welcome, welcome. This webinar is called Ask the Pet Business Coach, live on the spot coaching with Kristen Morrison. Okay. Oh, my goodness. We have 10 people who have their hands raised. So I am going to just dive in, and we're going to start with Joan. I have no idea what Joan's going to ask me or say, but here we go. Let's see what Joan has to say. Hello, Joan. Hello. This is Joan Caradonna, fuzzy friend pet here in Swampscott, Massachusetts. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, good. I was getting so fast to the question here for you. More clients are using security systems here in Massachusetts. Some of these systems include cameras inside the home. Yeah. How prevalent yeah. is this across the country? It's very prevalent, and it's getting more prevalent every day, unfortunately. It's really a bummer. And I'm hearing about it from a lot of coaching clients who offer overnight sitting, and it's been a real bone of contention for a lot of pet sitters and their clients because they feel especially vulnerable and uncomfortable when they're staying overnight and they know mm-hmm. that there are cameras on. So, you know, one thing that I have encouraged some of my overnight sitters to do is to talk to the client about it. And, you know, we're all human. And if we kind of start out with, you know, I don't want this, that's not going to get the results that we that we want. There's a reason that the clients are, have the cameras in the first place. And so to kind of approach the client from that place, it's, it's protection, right? They're wanting security. They're wanting protection. That's why they have the cameras. So... Let's say you have a client, you're going to be doing an overnight sit or even a pet visit and you're feeling mm-hmm. uncomfortable about the camera. What you might want to do is approach your client and just say, you know what, I realize that you have a camera. I'm noticing I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable about that. I'm wondering if you would be willing to not have the cameras running while I'm doing the pet sitting. And I could even, if there's a way that you could turn it on and off, you know, you being the pet sitter, just so you can feel like you can relax. Because if we feel like we're being watched, <laughs> which if there are cameras, we are, you're not going to be able to relax. And it's not going to be a fun experience for you. So that's mm-hmm. what I would do. And what you could do is you could also call the client when you arrive and let the client know that you've arrived. You know, they may be needing to know that you're there and that's a way that they can kind of document it is through the cameras, but if you're calling them, that kind of puts a timestamp on it. And then calling them when you leave, that can be a way to kind of help alleviate any of the fear that they may have, that their needs aren't getting met for security and for the care of their pets. So, yeah. It's challenging. We have a lot of clients now that have them um, just while going in to do visits. And I know yeah. they have a lot of those cameras advertised now to watch their pets, but those aren't as intrusive as the ones that people yeah. are actually installing professionally. Yeah, I know. It's really hard. It's interesting because my fiancé has a vacation house in Big Sur that we go to a lot, and I was staying there over my birthday. You know, I left on my birthday, but I was staying a few days before my birthday, kind of like a birthday retreat, and they had just installed these cameras, you know, because... It's used maybe on the weekends and during the week it's not. And so, you know, it makes sense. But what I did is I actually put 
and not that they're watching me, you know, it's more of a security measure, but um, I did put a towel over where I knew the camera would be <laughs> the whole weekend. Like, the moment I walked in, I was like, okay, I'm going to put a towel there. I'm really uncomfortable with this camera, even though nobody's going to look. It's me feeling a little bit paranoid, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think, especially if we're a reputable pet sitting company, you know, we should be able to ask for what we need and want in Mm -hmm. order to feel comfortable. And they are paying us for our time and for our service. So I think, you know, you are the security. And again, I think being able to turn it on and off when you leave, if the clients aren't cool with that, then you might want to look at, do I really want this client? You know, if they're not trusting me, you know, is this a good relationship? It's sort of like any relationship. If there's not trust, is it a good one? hmm Yeah. All right. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Joan. Appreciate your question. Okay. I see Becky has a question. Becky, I'm going to go ahead and unmute you right now. Hello, Becky. Hi. This is Becky Rose from Long Beach, California with Peace of Mind Pet Concierge. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Awesome. I'm fantastic. Thanks. Good. Um, so my question is, uh, I, I did participate in your uh, SEO webinar that you did last year. You had suggested that if our domain name didn't have, you know, wasn't meaty, like mine isn't, Peace of Mind Pet Concierge, that, like, keyword rich, that, you know, maybe we mm-hmm. should purchase some domain names that were keyword mm-hmm. rich. And I did that. But my question is, is that I, I, I bought them from Google, and Google asks if you want to have them redirected to a specific page, and then if you do, yeah. and then you click on it, the link, it goes directly to the page. And my question is, is that um, should I still create a landing page, and if I do, will that help more with SEO if they're going through a landing page with more clickable links than it would just to directly have it linked to my website? Oh, that's a great question. And if you have it forwarded to your site instead of having it directed at a landing page, and I'm going to explain this to everybody who's listening so you're not like, what is she talking about? But right now I'm addressing you, Becky, so I'm, you know what you're talking about. Basically, if you get that keyword-rich domain forwarded to your site without being directed to a landing page, it is not going to help SEO at all. Uh, the purpose of the keyword-rich domains is to actually have it sent to, you know, have it have a landing page because that's going to be where the SEO is going to begin to impact your business in a really positive way. So uh, that's what I'm going to recommend. And you want to really fill up that page, that one landing page that you have for each of your keyword-rich domains um, to have a lot of the keywords in there. So let's say... Your business is in, like you said, Long Beach or a pet sitting company. You want to have pet sitting in Long Beach, you know, on that page, those words, because it really matters. And also, you're going to want to kind of beef up the description of the page. So, the title tag is very important, like I talked about. And if you need to review the SEO tips and tools that you got from attending that, that would be helpful for you. Um, so you're going to want the title tag to be really meaty with keywords and also the description. But the description you do not want to have, like, just loaded with keywords and lots of commas. It has to actually be a concise sentence that makes sense. Okay. Okay, because that's what people are going to see when they type it in. Um, when you type in something on Google, let's say plumber, 
San Francisco, there's going to be a sentence underneath the URL that shows up on Google on all those. Yeah, so that's what you're looking at. So I hope that answers your question. Does that come from the meta tag, that that description, or? Yes, exactly. So the meta tag is the description, yes. They they have options for, like, Create Space and, like, Wix and some other ones, which you said, you know, weren't as uh, SEO friendly, I guess, would yes. be a good word to use. But Create Space be okay, or would you recommend uh, doing a WordPress um, page or, like, since it's just a one-page Yeah. I would site? recommend WordPress or Create Space is good, too. That's um, that has good SEO. Wix, not so much. Vistaprint sites, definitely not. GoDaddy sites, not so much. Good SEO. Okay. So, yeah, I would say Create Space or WordPress. Wonderful. Thank I, you. <laughs> thank you for that question. And I just want to let everybody know, those of you that are like, what are you talking about? I don't know about SEO. So, basically, on the SEO webinar that I did, and I do have that recording on my site, if you go to the products page, you'll see it. So, you can take advantage of that and uh, get a lot of SEO information for your pet business website. It comes with a tips and tools sheet as well. It's a booklet that's eight pages. But Becky was asking, one of the things that I encourage people to do, if their business name doesn't have a keyword-rich URL, meaning the .com that they have, it's a good idea to buy keyword-rich domains. Like for her, it might be longbeachpetsitting.com. It would be a really good keyword-rich domain or Long Beach uh, dogwalking.com would be another one. So, And then what you do is you create a landing page that's a one-page site that is very SEO-friendly, so it's got a lot of the words on it, and that's going to help clients find you online. It's going to really, really make a difference. So thank you so much, everybody. Okay, I'm going to call on Lori from Oregon. Hello, Lori. Hello. Hi. Um, my name is Lori Jones, and I'm here in McMinnville, Oregon. And my question has to do with when you know it's time to take your business to the next level. For the last, I've been in business for seven years. For the last two years, I've had a backup sitter kind of um, help me when I can't be two places at once or if I, yep. you know, have a doctor's appointment or something like that. But she is leaving me at the end of June, Aww. and there's, I know, there's no way I can handle all the clients that I have signed up since she started yeah. with me. So yeah. I just feel like I'm in that place. Do I hire a few pet sitters and then back off my own, you know, me actually doing the job and become more like a manager? Mm-hmm. Or do I mm-hmm. back off on the number of jobs that I take, which is really hard for me to do? <laughs> Why is that hard for you to do? Because I can't say no to anybody. Yeah. That is such a reigning theme in the pet business world. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. I get it. So I need to make a certain amount of money, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just feel like I'm on the verge of burnout if I don't do something. Yeah, so it sounds very clear that you at the very least need a replacement for this wonderful person who's been working with you that thankfully gave you, you know, two months notice here, right? Two and a half months. What a blessing. 
what a gift she is, right? To have given me that much time. So what I would do, it takes, I found that it takes uh, on average about a month from start to finish to actually hire somebody or hire a couple people. So mm-hmm. I would get on that now because you really want to make sure that this person is up to speed by the time your wonderful person leaves in June. And what you might want to do, first of all, is ask your wonderful person that's leaving in June, if she has regular ongoing dog walking clients, which one she might be willing to give up between now and then so that you could at least have this person have something that they're doing that they start off regularly doing some work so that they're able to more easily transition to a more of a full-time position or however long she's working, you know, in a day. So that's something that I would really recommend. And yeah, I don't really have any, you know, 98% of my business is just people going away for the weekend or going on vacation. I don't have that, like, these are your clients, you take care of them. It's just as they come in, we decide who has time and whatever to do what job. Okay, Um, and let me ask you this. Does she say yes a lot to what you ask her to do? Yes. Okay. So what you might want to do is just realize, okay, I'm going to kind of diversify it a little bit. I'm going to give her three jobs and give this new person one. You know, or two jobs and one, two jobs and one as they come in so that you've at least got this new person kind of getting their feet wet, so to speak, before they kind of go full on at the end of June. And I am such an advocate of really hiring more people than you think you need because it's so hard to say no. And... What happens is you as the owner end up becoming the emergency backup, which can be incredibly exhausting, you know, because you never know. You're sort of like become the on-call person on top of running your business. That's exactly how I feel. (laughs) Yeah, I get it, girl. I totally feel for you. And so there are (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like... For me, what happened is that I started to really fall out of love with my business, and I began to want a divorce (laughs) for my business. It's like, I am over this. This is not fun. So for me, what I realized is I had to hire a lot more people than I thought I needed. So I had people kind of waiting in the wings. And a lot of people, when I coach them, they'll say, but how do I hire somebody if I don't have anything right away? And for this person who's going to be kind of relieving your June person, the person who's leaving in June, I would be kind of letting that new person know about, you know, how many visits they might have per day and all of that with other people that you're bringing on who are going to be kind of backup people or just extra people. What I would have in the ad, that ad for these additional people is we may not have anything for you right away, but we are a growing company. And so even if we don't have something for you in the first month, we are going to be doing more marketing and we anticipate having more work for you where you're probably going to be working anywhere from, you know, three to six hours a day or something like that. Just so they know they may not be getting anything right away. And when you're doing a face-to-face interview, you want to make sure to really reiterate that because that really makes a difference if people know, you know, from you, if they hear it, that helps. 
Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. I don't know if you've heard me talk about the application packet, Lori. Have you heard me share about that? I think I um, sat sat in on that webinar, gosh, a few years ago. Okay, great. So, and for those of you that are in the midst of hiring or you're thinking about hiring or you've hired really crappy people, um, what I found is the application packet really makes a difference. You can absolutely create your own. I have it on my site and I sell it there. That does not mean you have to purchase it. You know, you can absolutely create it if you'd like. You know, it just kind of saves time and energy to not have to reinvent the wheel, but basically what you want to have if you create your own application packet is a cover letter, which basically explains what the applicant is going to be doing. They're going to be filling out the application packet that you've emailed them. Once they've, once you've placed an ad, say on Craigslist, you get a bunch of emails, you read through those, the ones that you think might be good, you're going to send them an application packet. So the cover letter states what they're going to be doing, filling out the packet, and sending it to you by a certain date so you want them to actually send it back within seven days is what I say on my packet. And I like people to snail mail it rather than email it back because it requires more energy. I mean, filling out the packet requires energy, but it's amazing. Very few of us, you know, use mail anymore. So if they're actually putting a stamp on an envelope and mailing it, it's going to make a huge difference in terms of their commitment level. And then what you want to have are the job descriptions for the various jobs that you are hiring for. So the packet that I have on my site is for pet sitters, dog walkers, and overnight pet sitters. And it just has a very kind of a long description about what the job entails. You can absolutely edit it if you get mine. If you create your own, you know, just make sure to put the pay rate, what's involved, any rules that you might have around, you know, overnights. Like what mine says is please no overnight guests at the client's home and 
please don't bring your own pets, right? Just kind of spelling out some things. And then various schedules. So for overnight sitting, you're going to want to know if they're available for holidays, what areas they're willing to go to in your county, wherever you cover. And then for dog walking, you know, what days are they available for dog walking? And then it includes also a couple applications, one specific for pet sitting and one just your basic application packet. I mean, application, so they fill it out as reference spots to put in and all that. So that's something that I would recommend. And the reason why I brought this up in the first place is because, Lori, you really want to make sure that you pay attention to the part in the application packet where it says, how much do you need to make per week doing part-time work, okay? So I really encourage everybody to highlight that on the packet so you can really go over it. If somebody says 500 a week and you know that that's not possible, you need to have a conversation with them. It doesn't mean they're not a good fit because they may say, oh, I just wasn't sure what's right. But at least it gives you some idea of how much they need to make. So, yeah, that's what I recommend. And get on it now because, like I said, it does take a while. And you don't want to have trained somebody and find they are not working out, you know, and then live up a creek because your wonderful person that you've had is gone. Mm -hmm. So now is a great time to do it. You'll be able to really get a sense of this person and how good they are in within the first, you know, month for sure. Okay. Uh Right, my dear? All right. That was helpful. Yes, it was (laughs) very. Thank you. I'm glad. Okay, thank you. Okay. Jennifer, hello. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Uh, My name is Jennifer Dubb. I'm the owner of Peace of Mind Personalized Pet Care Solutions uh, out of Bellwick, Mass., which is north of Boston. So I have uh, several questions, so I'll just ask one, and then maybe if there's more time at the end, okay, come back. I'm in the process of kind of taking my rock star girl, kind of moving her into more of a managerial sort of uh, position. I want to finally take a vacation along like a 10-day safari in Africa. (laughs) How fun. In October, and I have not taken any vacation or really days off for the most part, you know, for, you know, about 10 years now. So I knew I had to get some things in order. So a couple questions I just had. So I'm kind of in the process. You know, I took the webinar and that kind of stuff. But I have my, you know, my email and my phone. My cell phone is my business phone. It's on, you know, my website, my all my marketing materials and mm-hmm. my business email address. Mm-hmm. So if she was going to be a person that would be responding to messages or emails, like how would I, do I have to set up, I think in the webinar it talked about like setting up another email. I'm just kind of confused how that works, how she. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you a couple questions, Jennifer. So do you, uh, do clients text you on that cell phone? Uh, they do text, yes. I okay. ask a lot of her email, um, yeah. but I guess text and email both, yes, I do. Okay, so it makes it pretty challenging if you've got a cell phone that you're using for business and your clients are texting you because it's going to be really hard for that manager who's working from her own home 
Mm-hmm. Unless you have an office space that you want her to go to, and then you kind of exchange the phone back and forth. But that can yeah, be, no. you know, part of the reason that you want to do this is to have your life be easier, <laughs> right. not harder. So um, right. here's what I recommend. The first step, Jennifer, is to really wean your clients off texting. And I was just working with somebody yesterday about this because she has created a monster. They are texting her at like 5 a.m. to like mm-hmm. midnight. <laughs> And I'm like, well, you you created that girl, you know. She's like, yeah. I know, I know, I hate it. Yeah. So one of the things that I worked with her, and this is what I want to share with you, and I asked her this because I'm a big believer in really saying things to clients in a way that's going to actually be a win for them. So let me mm-hmm. ask you this, Jennifer. Have you had the experience when a client texts you that you don't receive it for some reason? Has that ever happened to you? Rarely, but yeah. I mean, I sometimes, even like an email, I got a client today. I sent you the, an email. Yeah. Um, yeah. So occasionally, yeah. not, not too okay. often. But still, I have that problem happens. with the all hours too, and I used to answer all hours. I quit doing that. Yeah. Good girl, because that really is like saying a puppy. I don't answer anything (laughs) before or after Beautiful. So with text also. So what I recommend is because you have had that experience, you know, you don't want to say something that's not true Mm -hmm. and be out of integrity, but saying to your clients or sending them an email saying, going forward, we will no longer be accepting text. We have had an experience of not receiving text, and we really need to have a paper trail, you know, not a paper trail, but an electronic trail, do it either by phone or email so that, you know, we want to ensure that we receive all of your information and we don't want anything to fall through the cracks. So just know going forward, if you text us, we will not be texting you back. And what you need to do, Jennifer, is to be really rigorous because it can be a habit. You see a text come in, you respond that way. Yes. But for yep. you, it's going to be, okay, wait, I need to actually email them. Because if you respond, it's sort of like giving a dog a treat when they're doing something you don't want to do. That's what texting back is like. It's reinforcing. You can still text me. (laughs) No, you can't. So you can actually put like an automatic response on your phone too, I believe. I think you can. I've never done that, but I believe that is a possibility. So I would Google that and figure that out. Yeah, but yeah. you want to send, like, a mass email to all your clients right, right. right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's the first step because you can't really think about a manager until you stop getting those texts happening. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to have to give the phone to your manager, and then well, she's going to have to give it back to you. I know, so it's annoying. Cool. Yeah. Which, you know, it's like, why would you even have a manager if you have to do that? Right. I think it's great, and especially because you are planning to go away in October for 10 days, I think you said, for that safari. Yeah. Now yep. is a great time. And, you know, I really encourage people. I've had a lot of people call me for coaching, and they're like, I'm going away in a month, and I need to hire a manager. And I'm like, oh, Lord, you know, we can do it. But you're going to be kind of on pins and needles when you're away because this right. person needs to be trained and actually know that you're there in case something arises. You know, as you're training them. So it's great to do now while you're still in the country so that you know that they can handle whatever comes up when you're in Africa and not available. So So I'm going to get the testing software and we're going to do that together. So that'll be good because we're going to learn it together. I don't have, I'm I'm old school right now, but we're going to do that together and learn it together. And then she's going to start inputting the information. So that'll be, and and then I'll have her so that she can train 
clients, Beautiful. staff, and, you know, she's doing a pretty good job right now kind of on her own managing the other girls. Mm-hmm. A lot of the girls came to me through her recommendations. Oh, so she's, that's great. She's pretty gung-ho on managing them, so she kind of took that upon herself. Uh-huh. With no additional pay, so wow. great. yeah, she's really she's really doing great with some of the stuff. So I have a lot of faith in her. But I just was confused, like how the email. Do I need to change my email? Do I need to get a new phone number and a new email address? You know, she could actually check the voicemail. She won't be able to answer it. She won't be able to answer yeah. your cell phone, but she will be able to check messages. So mm-hmm. I would recommend that perhaps you do it that way. And then what you want to make sure is that when she's calling clients back, she's calling them from a blocked number because oh, it's going to be confusing that, yeah. for clients if they see her number on her cell phone yeah. or landline. And then they're going to be calling her number. So you want to keep it as simple as possible. So what some people have done is they've actually gotten a second cell phone for their managers that's a blocked mm-hmm. number. And then they just need to call in the number and, you know, press the secret code and like that. And if your email address has your your name, then you will want to get, like, info at or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, my email is just, yeah, my email is just my pet care business. It, you know, it's not my name, but beautiful. Okay, that should just be fine. fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying yeah. To how to how to get her. The other thing I'm think brainstorming as I'm talking to you is that maybe I could do sort of that mass communication and be introduce her because a lot of my clients, she's my rock star, so a lot of my clients yeah. know her. Um, and that, you know, I'm training her as my office manager and that, you know, going forward, please include her on all emails, something of that mm-hmm. nature. I mean, then some, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, obviously there's a chance that something would come to me and not her, but maybe something yeah. like that to kind yep. of trying to figure out how to get her in the loop without <laughs> me forwarding every single thing I get to her. <laughs> yeah, so she can go in and get your email, though, and she'll create a phone and email log is what I would recommend mm-hmm. so that you can actually see who contacted you and oh, right. when yeah. and, you know, have a time date stamp so that and then what she did. So what I would have my managers do is write down the time that the client called or emailed, mm-hmm. what the message, who they were, what their contact information is, email or phone, what mm-hmm. the message said so they would kind of distill it down to the bare minimum of what the client said and needed. And then in capital letters, the manager would write the action that they took. So if she's new, she's probably just going to be contacting the client and getting a little bit more information and you'll do that, you know, until she's up to speed. And then down the road, she'll be setting up shits you know, pricing yeah. and all of that. But in the beginning, you want to keep it really simple and just have her gather information until okay. she gets her sea legs and she's able to really feel competent because there's so many variables in this business, right? Different kinds yeah. of animals, you know, different pricing. Yeah. So yeah. she's going to want to be kind of doing the bare minimum for about the first month of just collecting information, getting a sense of what clients are wanting and needing. And then yeah. you'll be training her that way. You know, maybe yeah. you can have her come when you're returning all those client calls and emails and she's able to watch you and see what you do yeah. and shadow you to learn that yeah. way. Kind of on-the-job training is always the best. It yeah, really because is. she's still going to be walking dogs, so this is going to yeah. be like a part-time, you know. Beautiful. That's great. 
Thank you, my dear. Great question. I'm sure you've helped a lot of other people by asking this question. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi there. I hope you enjoyed this segment. And next week, I'm going to be releasing part two of the coaching segment. So stay tuned for that. You're going to find it next week. And you can also find out about some of the items that I shared about on this podcast segment in the show notes at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 11. So that's the number 11. I'm going to repeat that for those of you that are writing it down or typing it in your computer. Again, that's prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 11. And I hope to see some of you in the Catapult program that starts next week. There's still space, so would love to have you join us. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I will look forward to connecting with you next week. Take care, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.